God gave you 100,000 watts of power, but it's up to you to put them to work. This is the John Adams Radio Show. Bringing you truth, justice, and the American way of making money. I'm John Adams. Seated firmly in the free enterprise chair, speaking directly into the golden EMR microphone, this is Excellence in Money Radio. Coming to you live from an undisclosed location, in a bunker somewhere in the southeastern United States, perhaps Southern Command headquarters on beautiful St. Simons Island, the crown jewel of Georgia's coastal empire. Thence broadcast 23,300 miles directly into outer space. This week affiliates, SATCOM 5. Thence rebroadcast all across the Fruited Plain to our vast EMR network. 331 stations plus the island of Guam. That's just the way it is. I am thrilled to have you with us for this special edition of the John Adams Radio Show. Let not your hearts be troubled. We will solve your real estate problems today. And indeed, we will. As an airplane takes off from the Malcolm McKinnon Field of St. Simons Airport behind me, uh, we're in our bunker here. But we're delighted to have you with us on for this special edition of the John Adams Radio Show, also known as the Real Estate Coffee Break. We have this dichotomy of names we can't quite figure out, but whatever it is, I'm sure glad to have you with us because we've got a lot, and I mean a lot, to talk about today. So first, let's do this. I'm going to stop this. Ha ha! And, um, uh, let me tell you, we've got a jam-packed program today. There's no way we're going to get to it all. I mean, it's insane. First, we have information about the new $25 billion that are coming for landlord relief. Okay? So don't tune away from this. I mean, if you don't care about $25 billion, that sounds like Bing Crosby, doesn't it? Um then tune away. But if you want some of the 25 billion dollars, um, all I can tell you is stay tuned. Next, we have Roger Herring, the investor's accountant, who is going to tell us about what we can likely expect from the Biden tax plan. Okay? I don't, <laughs> he said, if you elect me, your taxes are going to go up. Come on, man. <laughs> So we, apparently the United States of America wants to pay more taxes and you will. And we'll find out from Roger Herring uh, based on statements that 
uh, Joe Biden made during the campaign and based on planks of the party platform, which may or may not make it into law, uh, but it sure is looking more and more like it, isn't it? Um, that is uh, the, our first thing we're going to look at. Then we're going to have Peter Burke give us an in-depth lesson in refinancing. I know a lot of you people own a lot of property free and clear. And we're going to talk about whether or not that's a wise decision. Now, let me just begin. We'll, we'll cross this when we get there. But my point is, the answer is not the same for everyone. There's no right or wrong answer. Okay. So we'll try to cover um, uh, all the angles there and then let you decide. All right. We'll cover the news. You decide the issues. And finally, John Mangum is going to talk to us about one of the key benefits of owning real estate as an investment. Guess what? The, the acronym is Caldraxco or Caldraxco, which he invented one day in 2002. That's been 19 years ago. And it has proved uh, very um, uh, flexible ever since. And certainly... A, a great way to keep up with the benefits of owning real estate. This week, guess what? One of those benefits is you can refinance it as a tax shelter. And John Mangum, CPA and 1031 Exchange Intermediary and real estate broker and investor will be here to share his thoughts as well. Finally, Ian Robbins and I are going to talk about the big three and you just better stay tuned because if you don't know what the big three is, you're making a serious mistake. I mean, if, if you want to go to a federal prison, do not watch the uh, landlord segment of today's program. So we've got so much to do, and uh, it's, it's simply remarkable here. So hold on just a second. I have to go over here. And whoops, that's not right. Stop, stop, stop. All right, that solved that problem. Ah, that's what I was wanting to do. All right, give me just a second here because I need to um, open a tab, which I'm going to do over here. Oh, good. You're not even seeing that. Excellent. Or are you? No. Good. And I want this one to come forward. Excellento. And now we're going to go back over here and I'm going to reshare the screen because it's time for us to get moving here. Oh, I got to hit present first. All right. Ah, this is great. It's like it's working. Share. Let's see if this is working. Yes. All right, before we get started, I need to give you a warning because the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the opinion of station management, but they should because this program makes more sense than anything else out there. And I appreciate your being here. So let's forge ahead. Special thank you for our sponsors. And they are Peter Berg, 
at Reliant Mortgage Solutions. You can call Peter 678-557-9759 for all your lending questions. And Bill Preston at American Indoor Comfort. If you need heating and air conditioning, I'd call American Comfort, 678-809-7959. Be sure to ask for Bill. And you already know who I am and why you should listen to me. And um, I'm not going to remind you that all of these other things, the most important is that I am an Eagle Scout, which means I am trustworthy. I'm also prepared. Be prepared. I'm prepared and I am trustworthy and everything else in between. So I do want to remind you before we get started, this quote from Calvin Coolidge, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. I know that many of your hearts have been troubled these past this past week, and we've certainly had some disturbing uh, scenes, um, and I'm not going to pontificate about those, but I am going to say this. In times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. I know, I know, I know. It, it seems like this is entirely unique. It seems like we have never been here before, but I've gotten to a stage in my life where I am now reliant more upon the guiding hand of the Almighty than I am the evening news. And I think we're going to be fine, but everybody just needs to calm down a little bit, take a deep breath, and let's just move forward, okay? So, and that requires persistence, and persistence and determination alone, I believe, are omnipotent. This is a great quote, and if you want it, shoot me an email, and I'll send you a, um, a frameable one of these. That's Calvin Coolidge right there. He's my fraternity brother. So anyway, we already know that landlords grow rich in their sleep. And we know that I have to fix that. And for today's agenda, we're going to start with a new year in real estate. We're going to talk about the landlord relief procedure. I'm going to mention that first, and then we're going to go directly into the Joe Biden tax plan. Then we're going to talk about whether or not you should own your property free and clear. And finally, we're going to talk about refinancing as a benefit of real estate ownership. In the second hour, which was likely only to be about 30 minutes, um, Ian Robbins and I will be talking about the big three. And we'll also discuss again, the landlord relief procedure, but the big three are um, rental history, employment and income and credit history, because I think Ian's gonna make the point that nothing else really matters. What a very interesting thought that is, okay? So here we go. Uh, don't forget your buy and hold strategy. I'm not gonna cover it because we've got so little time, but income underpins it all. With real estate, you get depreciation and other tax benefits. There's equity buildup over time 
There's appreciation and two kinds of appreciation. First, there's economic that tends to happen. Not always. We know that sometimes properties go down in value. Homes don't go up in value just in a straight line. Am I going the right way there? No, that's the wrong way. Okay. Um, homes go up and down and up and down and up and down based on what's sold around it. So, you know, we have to be careful of appreciation, but we can force appreciation. And that's something that I want to spend some time on in a future program. And then finally, leverage makes it tremendously powerful. I'm convinced that for the average American with average resources and average intelligence, real estate remains one of the final few ways to, to truly achieve financial freedom. And it's not a get rich quick program, folks. If anything, it's get rich slow. And I hope that makes sense to you because that's the way uh, I see it. And that's what's worked in my life. So you can retire comfortably on as few as 10 little rental units. Look at that cute little house. That is not a big house, but it's in a reasonably nice neighborhood. And it stays rented. It's a good little house. So what can I say? The Landlord Survival Guide for 2021 is now available. And if you're operating under an older lease, you need to immediately um, upgrade. And we do have an upgrade price, a discounted price for past subscribers to the Landlord Survival Guide. You may upgrade at a super discounted price. And you can go to money99.com and click on webinar specials. And you'll see, because this is sort of a webinar, uh, see for yourself. But get that order in today. It's only $197, and that's if you have never used it before. And if you have used it before and, and been a subscriber, it's less than that. So um, we're not even going to talk about all this because we did last week. Oh, dear, dear. Okay, let's keep forging ahead. And let's talk with John Herring. Buckle your seatbelt, boys and girls. This is a great interview. Okay, we are back with our very special guest, Roger Herring, the investor's accountant, who is um, really uh, bringing forward uh, suggestions of major changes in the uh, income tax system that we may be looking at under a Biden tax plan. And I, I think, um, Roger, I, first, let me thank you for being here. You're a past instructor at the John Adams Real Estate Academy. And for that, I thank you. Um, and I, I think we all anticipate that this ad new administration is going to have some very different ideas about what what direction the IRS should be headed in but how does that I mean, first let's talk about what you're you're thinking may happen and then 
how can we react? I think that's what everybody who's watching and listening right now wants to know. So uh, welcome to, uh, to this platform. We are delighted to have you. Thank you for your time on a very short notice, and we'll hope to have you back once we get all the details. And by the way, before we go any further, you're going to be uh, the featured speaker at Atlanta Rio. When is that coming up? That is Monday, their main meeting at six o'clock. And is that now, live? It's an online meeting. Online meeting. Well, and you can go to, uh, I believe it's atlantaria.org or just Google Atlantaria and they have their full list of events and you can click right there to register. You know, I always had a hard time with the word RIA being part of any real estate investor group. It just reminds, it sounds to me like a digestive disorder. Yes, uh, I've heard that before. Very I've, true. I've got Atlanta RIA. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, Roger Herring, welcome and thank you for being here. And, and uh, let me just put it to you. What are we looking at uh, in the upcoming Biden tax plan? All right. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, let's talk about, we're going to get into what I call the big three, but let me give you a little bit of background here. First, Mr. Biden's, all we have are the planks of his platform. We don't have any hard written proposals, any bills that are getting ready to go to Congress. In fact, I don't think anything is going to happen in 2021. The earliest we are going to see a tax code change will be 2022, in my opinion, because let's face it, the first thing he's got to deal with is COVID. That's number one. Okay. When Mr. Trump was elected, it took him a full year to get the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act into play because there's a whole lot of work that goes into this legislation. So I'm not looking at a change for 2021. Tax year 2022, that's when we might start seeing some changes. Now, while on the campaign trail, Mr. Biden said quite explicitly that he wants additional child tax credits and he wants additional credits for the elderly. He also said how he was gonna pay for them and he was going to pay for them by closing loopholes on property investors. Well, that sounds, that, that sounds great. Everybody is for closing loopholes as long as it's the other person's loophole. Right, but unfortunately, real estate investors, we are right in the crosshairs with these. Mm. And the very first one, you and I were chatting about it before, the 1031 exchange. Mr. Biden wants to eliminate the 1031 and this isn't a loophole. This has been the law for years. So what would this look like? Well, the first question is, is this an elimination or is this a curtailment? You see, also on the campaign trail, Mr. Biden has a pain point. That pain point is $400,000. So the question becomes, is this going to be eliminated for people making over $400,000 or is it going to be eliminated for everybody? is the 400,000, does that include the deferred capital gain? These are the kind of questions we just don't know the answers yet to. What about existing 1031s? Will we go back and will he force us to come out of a 1031 and pay stacked up gains? That would be a nightmare. But at this point, we just don't know. A so, lot of- So what I'm hearing you say is 
there is a possibility that he could come back and actually cause people to unwind 1031s that were either in progress or thought they had safe harbor, if you will. That, that is correct. Now, you just used an interesting word, safe harbor. And a lot of times when Congress writes laws, they will put the safe harbor in there and we will be grandfathered in. So do I think that the chances of him going after existing 1031s is much lower than the others? Yes, I do. I think if you're in it though, you're gonna to have to stay in it. But I would expect as one of his big money makers, some very big changes to section 1031. Very big. Wow, that is that is uh, remarkable because Roger, the, the uh, history of 1031 actually goes back 100 years. Yes, it does. Uh, because the, the Starker, original Starker case, I believe involved land uh, owned uh, for timber purposes out in the West somewhere. And uh, the, what we know is 1031 law today all evolved from that and has been something that, that real estate investors have been counting on for low these many years now. It's uh, really going to upset things, isn't it? If this were completely stripped out? Yes, it would if it was completely stripped out. Now, what do we want to do? Now is the time to start writing Congress. Now is the time to start hammering on your elected officials. And I think what we're going to see We've got reasonable people in Congress, but you know what we also have in Congress? People that have done 1031 exchanges. Yes, we do. Well, I hesitate to share with you that uh, my congressman, who I voted for um, originally, is Hank Johnson, who is the gentleman who asked if additional military presence on the island of Guam might cause it to tip over. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, they had, it was a serious question and there was a, um, army general there who didn't know if he was kidding or not and tried to answer that he felt no, that the Island was safe. So yeah. I, I'm not sure it would do any good for me to write to him, but perhaps to, uh, John Ossoff or, or maybe to, I, I, I don't know that what a tough situation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But you know what? That's only number one of the big three. Great. Let's keep moving. You're Let, the that's it, number two news. Yeah. What's up now? This one won't affect us on a day-to-day -day basis, but this will affect our heirs and it would affect us if we stood to inherit property. Mr. Biden wants to eliminate the stepped up basis. Now what that means, if my mother passed away and left me her home, I can have the property appraised and whatever its fair market value is the day that she passes away, that becomes my basis in the property. So I could turn around and immediately sell that property and I would have no capital gain. Now, real estate investors use this to pass property on to their children, to the next generation. And it's very effective right now when we have someone that has been 1031ing for years, 
because when their child inherits that property, they get the stepped up basis and all the accumulated depreciation resets to zero and all of the capital gains that are stacked up go to zero. The government never gets any money from it. Now, under Mr. Biden's plan, that is eliminated. So whatever your mother's basis was when you inherit her property, she might've bought a house in 1977 for 53.5. That house just might be worth $475,000 right now. Well, your basis is 175. So if you sold it, you have a very large capital gain coming in. I now, consider that this not only is going to affect real estate investors, this is going to affect people that have family homes, family farms, all of these things, but it gets worse. Let me just briefly tell you about number three. Okay. Mr. Biden also wants to tax the unrecognized gain on death. What that means is you don't get the stepped up basis in the property but he is going to issue a tax based on fair market value minus your basis is your unrecognized gain. And now we are going to pay a capital gain on the unrecognized gain, which means if we don't have life insurance, we're going to have to sell the property. That's insane. It is insane, but that's what was proposed. Well, I hope the American people are, are ready for some major changes. It, the only good news I've heard during this discussion, Roger, is that you think it's going to take a year. Um, looking at, at history, on more than one occasion, I seem to recall that major tax changes have been imposed retroactively um, in some cases. In some cases, you're correct. Right. Are you hearing any um, reason that perhaps um, President Biden might not want to make this retroactive to January? I haven't heard anything about making anything retroactive at this point. But once again, the man hasn't even been inaugurated yet. And we are because back this all comes from our very what he said on the trail, what was on his website, CBA, what was in his plans, his campaign platform. Of now, the, world the good news and, is, and, is we can combat some syndicator. of this. As real estate investors, we know about using trusts. Well, I've always recommended that you don't put your property into an irrevocable trust because you didn't get the stepped up basis. Right. Take the stepped up basis away, all of a sudden that irrevocable trust becomes very valuable because now we're just changing the trust or the beneficiary of the trust from me to my child. And we avoid all of the issues of um, unrecognized gain taxation. I understand that. That's one possible way around it. The other way around it, you know, if, the 400,000 is his pain point. Well, we can use a structure involving C-Corps that we can do something called the tax rate split, which we control how much money is taxed in the corporation, how much money is taxed on our personal return. That can keep us below 400,000. So there's going to be a lot of planning involved here, both annual tax planning and 
estate planning is going to become absolutely essential. Otherwise, you're going to be handing over everything to Uncle Sam. Roger, this is, uh, I know you are immersed in this topic because you work with more uh, real estate investors uh, in terms of their tax planning and tax strategy and income tax returns and just about anybody in Metro Atlanta. If somebody watching today wanted to get in touch with you and, and just talk a little about their situation, and I'm just going to recommend to anybody within the sound of my voice or watching this that if they're not already dealing with a, um, a tax professional who understands what it is we're trying to accomplish. Roger, I'm amazed at the number of people who are using like H&R Block to do their taxes and hoping that those people are going to be giving them competent advice and direction. And uh, it's just not realistic. How can, Every people, year. how can people get hold of you? They can get a hold of me. The easiest way to do it is to shoot an email to info at investorsaccounting.com. That's investors with an S. Now, what will happen is my assistant, Ryan, will get that email and he will send you back a link to my schedule. And now I will tell you, there's a $100 booking fee because everybody just wants to ask me a question. Oh yeah. Quote unquote. But you become one of my clients, I'm going to refund that fee on your invoice. Fantastic. That's well, the way that works. Now, what you were saying about, yeah, H&R blocking those guys, you'll like this. Every year the IRS publishes who made the most mistakes of the major preparation service. Oh no. Block is consistently number two. <laughs> and they're followed by Liberty and I forget who the other one is. You know who number one is? I'm afraid to ask. The IRS is volunteer service. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So don't call the IRS asking questions because you're not going to, you aren't, aren't going to be able to be comfortable with an answer. Roger Herring, thank you for your time. Hey, you're going to be the keynote speaker, as I mentioned, um, at the Atlanta RIA online meeting. Again, that date is? That's Monday, this coming Monday. Okay. At and what then time? Uh, it'll be at 6 p.m. their meeting. Okay. Now, that is an abbreviated version. The full webinar is happening on the Friday the 29th at 9 a.m. And you can just... Once again, info at investorsaccounting.com, and we'll shoot you the link to sign up for that. Very good. Well, that information is on the screen right now. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask people, we will repeat this a little bit later in the broadcast in case anybody missed it. But Roger Herring, you are a tremendous treasure trove of information, and we appreciate the work that you do in uh, keeping this industry, um, um, keeping the wheels on the road, I guess I would say, you know, the, the, uh, I have, my professional career has been all the way through from, uh, accelerated cost recovery to, um, all, all manner of, of changes. And we have always been able to adapt 
And I'm going to suggest that even though we may have some major changes coming, that there are going to be people like you who are finding ways to structure our business and to uh, practice our business so that we continue to be able to minimize the amount that goes to Washington. Is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. My whole purpose in life is for you to keep your money in your pocket, not in Uncle Sam's coffers. Wow. Well, I, I will conclude by reminding you, if you take the word the and the word IRS and you scrunch it together, it's theirs. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's the way they, they plan on things. Roger Herring, thank you, sir. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, thank you for having me, John. All right. All right. That was uh, eye-opening. At least it certainly was for me. I don't know uh, what you were expecting. Somebody um, during the uh, interview chatted me and said, I thought the number was you wouldn't have to pay any more taxes unless you earned over a million dollars. Well, guess what? <laughs> It's now supposedly $400,000. Let me just tell you what happens here. It's not possible to say we're just going to soak the rich because there aren't enough people that make a million dollars a year. And we have a tendency to confuse um, people that have a net worth of a million dollars and people that earn a million dollars. You know, it's pretty hard to earn a million dollars in a year. I mean, you've got to, you got to sell a lot of hamburgers to make a million dollars, but it's not too hard to build a net worth of a million dollars. And that's where your tax planning comes in, boys and girls, because it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Dykes Botterford taught me that 35 years ago. It's not what you make. It's what you keep. And it's going to be, I believe, increasingly challenging uh, for the next few years for you to keep what you think you have earned. Because uh, the government has big plans and big plans require big revenues and big revenues are only possible if they begin taxing the middle class. 50% of Americans pay no tax whatsoever. That leaves you and me. And the people up that make a million dollars a year, that's right there. You got that? There's just hardly anybody there. And there's certainly not enough people to pay the bills. So not that anyone's concerned about paying the bills except me, but sooner or later, I think there will be a reckoning. So um, let's do this interview enlightening. Please watch now. We are back with our very special guest, Peter Burke of Reliant Mortgage Solutions, a gold sponsor here on the Real Estate Coffee Break. Peter, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, John. Happy New Year to you and everyone out there. Well, thank you for that. I um, had a New Year's resolution to lose weight, that's How's fallen by the wayside. Mm -hmm. So I understand that 
many people own their real estate free and clear of any debt, approximately 40% of all homes in America are owned free and clear of any debt. Correct. I, go ahead. Correct. I agree with you. I suspect that is a function, <clears throat> excuse me, of what I call depression mentality. And, and it goes back to my parents. Um, my mom and dad were born in the 20s. Um, they grew up in the 30s in difficult times. And um, my mom was actually born on a farm at home. And a lot of people had mortgages on their farms. And if they, the, the loans were typically five years in duration is what I thought or what I've been yes. told. And if at the end of five years, you were expected to either renew the loan or pay it off. Correct. And Correct. if, if the bank had difficulties, they were not in a position to renew the loan. Already owned and it's got a value of $175,000. Okay. And we've made an assumption that the annual rent is 16,800 paid in monthly installments of 1400 a month from your tenant. Peter, I would point out that that fails to meet, although I, I'm all for being conservative here, but I would like to point out that fails to meet the John Adams rule of thumb, the 1% test. Absolutely. You win the award for catching that too. Thank you. Okay. 1400 a month. And we assume that this property has reasonable taxes and insurance of $2,000 a month, a year for taxes, $750 a year for a landlord's policy from your local agent. So your taxes insurance are $2,750. Okay. So your cash flow on an annual basis before any mortgage payments, and if you own the property free and clear, there are no mortgage payments. And before any fix up or repairs, your cash flow is a little over $14,000 a year. Okay. So, John, how much do you have invested in this property? Well, I wrote a check for $175,000 at the closing table. Right. And you receive. $14,000 a year in, in cash flow, net cash flow. So your annual return is a is 8.03%. Not bad. That's not bad. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. So now let's look at that same rental property, whether you're purchasing it or you're refinancing it. But let's assume you're going to put leverage of 80% of the value of that property. That's $140,000. And today's interest rates for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, it's not due in five years. The payment will never change. And at the end of 30 years, you've paid off the loan. The rate is 3.625% for an investor loan today for a typical borrower. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Even more amazing, you've got very reasonable loan closing costs, 
of $2,300, whether yep. you buy it or you refinance it, but your loan costs are estimated to be about $2,300. That's so uh, that you can't complain about that. That's less than 2%. Correct. Correct. Wow. So if you were buying this property for $175,000, getting a loan for one forty, and paying $2,300 in closing costs, you would have to come to the closing table with $37,300. So how much do you have invested in this property? Um, on this one, because I put a mortgage on it when I acquired it, I put cash at closing. The certified check was for $37,300. Correct. And remember, the, the house doesn't care. The rent's the same. And so are the taxes and insurance. Wait a minute. The rent is not higher. I mean, can't I say to the tenant, I sure wish that you would pay more rent because I have a mortgage on this property. Sure. <laughs> and maybe your tenant will go along with you. I don't think so. I think the, the rent is set by what the market will bear. And the market in this case will bear um, the same thing of $1,400 a month. Whether and the house has, yeah, the house doesn't know, the house doesn't care, the tenant doesn't know, and the tenant doesn't care. Correct. So you've now got uh, mortgage payments, and on an annualized basis, they're almost $7,700. But your cash flow after those mortgage payments is $6,388. Let's round uh, to $6,400 for purposes of discussion. But look at your return. Your return is 17.1% on funds invested. Compare it to the one where you're buying that property for cash and your annual return is 8%. It's more than double because of the effect of leverage. That's remarkable. Now, um, is, is this a fixed rate, a 30-year fixed rate loan? Correct. Holy mackerel, Kingfish. So all I would have to, I mean, even if I temporarily was not able to achieve uh, I've I've saved a hundred and um, thirty-seven thousand, about one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. Okay, uh, yeah, okay, and um, no, it's a mortgage balance line minus the closing cost, isn't it? Well, you can either buy this property for cash. But for one seventy-five rental, how much cash do I? Oh, thirty-seven. Okay, okay, okay. So um, I put thirty-seven thousand three hundred dollars down, and I'm going to have a loan balance of a hundred and forty. That I can use that money for the next thirty years, and pay three point six two five percent interest on it, which is simply remarkable. Because that is 
as low as has been, I mean, within uh, tiny little percentage points, as low as it's ever been on a non-owner-occupied 30-year fixed rate loan. And now, now let me let me explain something. This please. is buying buying this property, flipping it around, refinancing it. You're going to receive a check from closing if you were refinancing this property for about one hundred thirty-seven thousand seven hundred dollars. Yep, one hundred thirty-seven thousand. So you've still got the same funds tied up in it. You bought it for cash for 175. You're coming back and refinancing it, and you're going to receive from that closing when you walk away a check for $137,300 because you owned it free and clear. And but your return is the exact same because your net investment is still 37.3. Now your objective is what do I do with that $137,000 check that I'm going home from the closing attorney with? And this is when we get to the discussion about risk tolerance and, and available options. And if what you're going to do, if you are so conservative that you're going to take that 137.7 and put it in to a CD at a bank, which is guaranteed and backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. That, that phrase makes me nervous, Peter. Um, you would earn about what? 1%. Uh, if you're lucky. Okay. If you're lucky and you'd be paying 3.625 and that's a net loss situation, but over the 30 years, what is it more likely that a CD or a bank deposit would earn? You, and you historically, know, think, it's been a lot more than 3.625%. Yeah. I'm not advocating you put it into the stock market, but I'd have to believe the average return over the last 25 years is five, six, seven, eight percent in the market. I, I don't know what it is over that period of the time. The average return of all stocks and bonds since 1920, including the De Great Depression, is in, and we're talking both about dividends and um, uh, appreciation. Uh, appreciation. Dividends. Right. Dividend. Dividends and appreciation is 10.1 percent. Okay. And some years it's less, some years it's more. Um, as Dr. Gene Hensler used to say, nobody knows what's going to happen next year. But we do know that out of every three years, typically the market is down one year and up two years. And okay. I'm not suggesting people pull cash out and put it in the market. All I'm saying, I would, my, because I have chosen real estate as my preferred investment, because Peter, I like to invest in things I think I understand something about. I don't understand the stock market. Yeah. But I know that people need houses. As long as people keep making babies, they're going to need a place to live, right? Correct. Well, I know a little bit about real estate and I've lived in a house now for 66 years. 
I mean, I'm, I'm aware that we have among our listeners today, Peter, many people who are outdoorsmen, people who prefer to live in a tent underneath I-20 at the intersection with the downtown connector. I've, I've got a big following among that group. Um, and they don't believe in real estate, but many people do. And I'm mm -hmm. one of them. And so what I'm hearing you say is I could, if I owned half a dozen houses free and clear and was not unwilling to do so, I could pull some cash out, go and cherry pick good deals and buy another house for the next once a, a quarter for the next probably two or three quarters and still get a comparable interest rate and be set in a very potentially strong position. Or maybe it's buying a second house at the beach or the mountains to enjoy for yourself. I, well, we don't do anything to enjoy for ourselves. That, that is Peter, enjoyment is contrary to my depression philosophy. Sure. I, I've never, I have never enjoyed anything. <laughs> I, well, I go from- Rent it out. When I went to school, it snowed every day and it was uphill both ways. <laughs> okay, Peter, um, you have created the Refi Analyzer, which is a remarkable program that automatically calculates the annual return under two different scenarios for. Uh, a, a property that might be being considered as collateral for a refinance. Is that correct? Correct. And normally this would have a value in the open market. In fact, I know you and I have sold thousands of them for $495 each plus tax tag title and dealer prep. Yes. But you're offering that today along with uh, this example that we're looking at for free. Correct. Which is remarkable to anyone on this coffee break who will call you. Is that correct? Correct. That is correct, John. How, Peter, you are a true humanitarian. Thank you. And how do they reach you? What I see in the lower right-hand corner of this screen, there is a there, there is a name and a phone number, 350-975-797-5959-Dr.PeterBurke-of-the-Refi-Analyzer-Department-of-Reliant-Mortgage-Solutions-Peter-if-you-would-do-me-the-favor-of-clicking-the-button-that-says-stop-sharing-and- Right here on this screen, I'm going to put that phone number up. I'm going to say, ask for the refi analyzer and ask for today's example. Peter, the, the exercise that you and I've just been through, quite frankly, is a little bit advanced from a financial analysis standpoint. If someone is thinking about a refinance, and they were to call you to get the $495 value 
<laughs> at no cost to themselves. Correct. As a gift from you, along with the example as a gift from you, would you additionally be willing to answer some questions or help them walk through the possibility of a refinance? Yes. And I once again, would you hold up the, the uh, um, slate panel there, your chalkboard, the Carl Rove Memorial Chalkboard, so all somebody needs to do is pick up the phone right now at 678-557-9759. Peter, who will they be connected to? Me. I, I laid off. Well, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I can tell you this, folks. Um, refinancing is a personal decision. Um, it is not um, something that you should feel like you have to do. Um, if you have had a goal, and many people do, that invest in real estate, have a goal that by age, I don't know, 65, an arbitrary number, by age 70, by age 55, they will own 10 homes free and clear. And that they their goal, and that's what they are going to do, and they do that, and it's successful. And I say more power to you. I have no, you're, you're not going to get a fight from me on this. However, I disagree with Dave Ramsey, who says all debt is evil. He says all debt is bad. Well, I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you it's not. Um, Margie and I have been married 44 years. In that time, we have only had debt on one vehicle. Wait a minute, that was a lease. We didn't have a car loan. We have never had a car loan and haven't had the a lease was the first car we bought. And it was a, um, what was that? Chrysler LeBaron. Chrysler had made too many LeBarons in about 1970, uh, I don't know, 78, 79. And they were selling them for 99 bucks a month on a lease. <laughs> okay. Well, our first hour is up and we have yet to get to um, John Mangum, who's coming up right next. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to advance to the next slide here and see if I can get where I'm going. And the answer is no, I can't. Oh, there. So we're going to take a very brief intermission. We will be right back. Don't touch that dial.